0: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Crew 3. Thank you all for joining us. I'm your host, Ruckman. With me, as always, are my co-hosts, Chris and Ricky. Gentlemen, say hi. Hey. What's up? All right. We had another packed weekend of a lot of Pi- premier Pioneer play with the final Pioneer Pro Tour of this last triumvirate, uh, and actually essentially the last Pro Tour of the season until we head to finals here in Houston, Texas, towards the end of April. H-10%. Alongside that, we had a GP running the same weekend in Phoenix a SCG classic, and of course some minor events sprinkled here and there uh, alongside all the events online. So before we get started with talking about those events, of course, gentlemen, did you play some Pioneer this week? Go for it, Ricky.
1: Yeah, I played some Pioneer. I went out with uh, Mono Red Dragons to two Pioneer events. Two? Boy,
0: round, round of applause. The boy finally Double, did it. Double
1: trouble. Uh... The the first Pioneer event I played in, I received the buy round one and then lost my next three rounds.
2: Good, good, good. Good show, good show. I, I, Doing us proud. I
1: was given a pity pack and opened two Oros.
0: Hey, those are $40 now, so that's pretty good.
1: Yeah, that was pretty dope. So, uh... I guess I won. Hashtag justice. Uh, the, the deck is not
0: great. I mean, I don't uh-huh. think the deck was great before <laughs> Inverter.
1: Uh, if you draw... Like, Glorybringer into Glorybringer into Glorybringer, you win. You don't say. (laughs) And all the hands that you don't do that, you just sort of dirtle around until you eventually lose.
0: Hey, speaking of Glorybringer, you better get back on it. Uh, Card Kingdom has some in stock again, so you need to go buy those out.
1: I think I've become disillusioned with Glorybringer after after playing Dragons. Oh, no. I mean, you know, Dragon Egg looks like a bad card on paper, and then you play it, and then you're like... This is even worse,
0: <laughs> and that it is a bad card,
1: yeah, like I had an opponent, Better or just, worse than like, Chimney. like I played the dragon egg off of my sarkin mana, uh-huh, and he just goes, "Sure, and then, like I don't do anything else, and he goes, "Oh, well, I guess spell caller's in at the end of the turn, and like. It's not even good enough to spell queller. (laughs) He just quelled you for no value.
2: He was like, This is leading to something. And he was just like,
1: like, Clearly, my opponent's not going to play such a card as bad as Dragon Egg unless they're trying to bait the spell queller. Right, right. Uh,
0: That's awesome.
1: Um, Like like the games that I did win. So I actually did get fourth place in the next event I played, playing dragons. Um,. That is entirely because I moved my Spitfire's main deck, and I was just mono-red
0: control. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Uh,
1: Legitimately just, like, uh, never cast any of my dragons unless I could get a Spitfire back from the graveyard. Okay. And uh, I was just spitting fire all up on everything. This MF spitting. Yeah. And uh, I put Scorching Dragonfire in my sideboard as a joke, because it said dragon. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, that card was very, very relevant in a lot of my games. That's amazing. Because <laughs> uh, it exiles, it does three damage and then exiles. If, so um, you can hit their Oro when they cast Oro when they're playing Delirium. By the way, if they cast Oro before it sacks, you can hit it with Dragonfire and it'll exile. Oh, nice! Hey, uh,
0: if you need more, I think I've got some promos <laughs> lying around. If you want to pimp those out a bit.
1: You got foils? Ah, yeah. I think I got a promo. I mean, I'm going to foil the deck out because uh, I mean memes, but uh, the deck is not very good.
0: I think there are better meme decks that you could probably foil out.
1: Uh, what did you play, Chris?
2: Uh, I played Tradebinder in Soul, which was to huh? say that I bought out all of the local video game stores who happened to carry singles of their in Soul artifacts and skilled animators and is uh, it charms. So I had a million of them. And I uh, was like, you know what, I should actually build this deck. So we managed to, over the past couple weeks, I pieced together some Stonecoil Serpents. And we just patched together a Ensole uh, deck. We had, like, one Steel Overseer, uh, one Hope of Gearper, uh, a bunch of other kind of fun-ofs. And uh, brought our Ornithopters, because we didn't have Bomat Couriers. And went to town with our uh, Shrapnel Blasts and Darksteel Citadels equipped with an Ensole artifact. And we got third place out of twenty people. Right? That's our boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Represented well. Nice. The uh, the guy that I lost to, I was actually super excited for. Uh, because he has been like playing there for weeks and weeks and weeks, always brings his like homebrew black deck, and I just could not beat Gifted Eitherborn. Like he played you can't that, ever beat that card. He played like two of that card. Now don't get me wrong. You can beat that card when you're playing this deck should you want to. My deck was just not equipped to it. We didn't have a sideboard. We just played it like a true man.
0: trade minor deck.
2: We just played like a man and uh, got third place. So it was a fun time. I really liked the deck. Um, I might be talking a little, bit it, a little bit about it more come later in the episode when we have a new segment for you guys. Uh, but uh, big fan of Shrapnel Blast. I think if you can do the um, blue-red in it, like you can put together those lands then Shrapnel Blast and maybe like even like a lightning strike is definitely worth it. Also, you could try some Royal Scions. I played one in the deck. It was meh. It was alright. Like definitely not necessarily.
1: Don't you say that about it's, my voice. It's, it's
0: not as good as it is in like Phoenix. No, right?
2: I, I would definitely rather have had Emery and I traded them off a couple weeks ago. And so I didn't have them, but I think Emery is a definitely a solid
0: card to play in the deck. I uh, but look, I know you've got some uh, some thought for me. I I can add that to the Thassa.
2: No, there we go. I have
0: a I have a foil Emery.
2: Nice, nice. That's worth like about two
0: dollars right now. Hey, you know what? Yeah, it'll help help sweeten that deal. There you go. Fair um, enough. Fair enough. Have you so, seen the like? the hot tech of Bant
1: Spirits players playing two permeating masks for this matchup. I
0: have hey, guess what? I bought a bunch of permeating masks because I card love that
1: card. Does the stupidest thing to insult artifact. Yep. Yep. Yep.
2: Uh, <laughs> you you mostly win, I learned, by just like nobody can kill Dark Steel Citadel once you put an insole artifact on it. Like that probably right. won me like eighty percent of probably my games. And then um, Ghostfire Blade on a Ginger Brute is just another, like, that beats down Ginger, ginger Brute's hard to, hard to block. So um, I definitely wanted more ways to protect my Skilled Animator, which is the 3-mana 1-3 that makes a 5-5, five five, but it, when it dies, you lose that effect. So, like, I definitely... Um, I played Dive Down instead of Stubs because I didn't have Stubborn Denials, but I got some after the event, and I would definitely happily play them. Um, I think you probably want, like, six of that kind of effect I think six is right, because like I said, you you almost want like two, because a lot of times they can kill it and you're trying to fight off uh, like fatal push type effects. But overall, uh, I had a lot of fun playing the deck, and um, I think it's definitely got some serious likes. Like I said, putting, making a 5-5 very quickly, especially an evasive one, is uh, still pretty strong. So like I said, I don't know that it's the best deck in the format, but a solid tier 2 or
0: uh, tier 2.5 that I think is pretty budget friendly. Very cool. All right, well... Uh, like I said, I didn't have a lot of time to play pioneers. I was uh, finishing moving from last weekend. That's right. Your boys moved. The previous it's weekend. all grown up so, now. so we're all we're all moved in. We got everything. We still got still got unpacks. So that's you know that's a whole process. You're never done. you never everything done unpacking. here. I just mm-hmm. gotta I just gotta un- unpack everything still, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're never done unpacking. You'll still have still boxes until you move again. Yep. Um, but I did have the chance to watch some of the pro tours, specifically the top eight. Uh, did you guys get a chance to watch any of it? Yes.
1: I did not. I was busy all weekend. Um,
0: well, the top eight was pretty good until the finals. Yep. Uh, because you know, uh, you know, shouts out to Corey Burkhart, uh, Not a player I am super duper familiar with. Familiar with, but I know you know he's been one of those people that have been just trying to make it for a while now, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it seems like everyone was really honestly behind him. So uh, good for him. Someone who seems. At least, just, you know, as far as I can tell from the online community, is pretty deserving of a final win. But uh, and I, you know, I hate to sound like I'm diminishing his win, but boy, what a wet final finals!
2: Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was pretty crushing. And me and Rekman were talking before about how like this is probably one of like the glaring uh, faults in going back to a best two of three. Yeah, when which did, was not. When did
0: they switch? That back it to was two not a three from three out of five.
2: Uh, ju- that's a new thing. Like they I think they just okay. changed that. It has never been like that before. And I think this is, like, one of the reasons you can see why that was not a good idea.
0: For those that didn't watch what happened, essentially the finals between Corey Burkhardt and... Oh, spoiler Huey warning, Jensen, real quick. Sure. Uh, we'll go to who was in the top eight here. <laughs> uh, yeah, spoiler warning. So, essentially, uh, Corey Burkhardt versus Huey Jensen in the finals. Again, Huey Jensen, one of these longtime players. If you're anywhere familiar with the Magic Pro scene, you'll know who baby Huey Jensen is. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, who was on Lotus Breach to Corey Burkhardt's Inverter. And, uh, well, let's just say Huey's deck didn't do quite what it wanted to because Game 1 it played a single land. Mm-hmm. And then Game 2 he multivore, and it didn't matter what he played. He played all the lands after that, actually. Mm-hmm. But, of course, ha- Corey's sandwiched all the permission in the world, so it really didn't matter what Huey had at that point. Yeah, pretty pretty anticlimactic, unfortunately, of a uh, of a Pioneer Pro Tour. Yeah, so... Oh, players you know, Tour, they, Sorry. Maybe maybe we start thinking about going back to three out of fives because of that. Oh no no, uh, we
1: can't do that. No. I no. mean <clears throat> do you remember like the best three out of five when it was like Control versus uh, control? Bant Coco versus Bant Coco and it was yeah. just like look at all the cards on the board. Sure. Nobody can attack. Pass turn, pass turn. Let's activate town cry or Duskwatch Recruiter let's actually sure. te- Duskwatch Recruiter a million times each
2: I mean would you rather have that though, or would you rather have this I guess that's the question because I was joking that they just would like basically say that they would never never do that but I definitely think like best 3 out of 5 is is I mean, in, in a game with so much tra- variance there's so much sell, variance if, in this game
0: if you're trying to sell a product which let's be honest these tournaments are doing folks they're not just to uh, have people play yeah, they're selling right. a product to anyone watching players at home people unfamiliar with the game and if I'm just seeing this non-game happen, I'd rather see... If I'm tuning in, never playing Magic, and I just see people doing a million things, it doesn't matter if they're attacking or not, but I just see just a million things on the board and people are doing clearly powerful things, right? But they're just not being able to get through it at that moment. I'd rather see that than just this wet fart of finals where someone just had the immense upper hand in two games just do the variance and just ran away with it all.
1: I mean, that can happen. It's unfortunate, but, like, I mean, that's a... It's a sort of a real.
0: I mean, just the point is like we
1: possibility did, we, in our game.
2: We, we didn't get there in this matchup. Like I know you're talking about like ban like the bant on bant matchup. Like yeah, like some of the control mirrors can like not be the most exciting, but like especially in like this format where it's like there you know a lot of times the games are ending faster, you know,
0: or, you know, or there's again, more mid rangey stuff. This is something we've talked about before, where people have the illusion that Pioneer was previously a slower format, but we're at like a turn five. Give or take a turn, depending now mm-hmm. format, right? Like that's a pretty fair assumption, right?
1: I feel like it's a turn six format.
2: Yeah, I mean right around there. You you, dec- you definitely can die faster, right? I mean like an, a- an unchecked aggro red deck is killing you on what turn four, turn five? Yeah, unchecked, I mean Embercleave.
0: Embercleave is like gonna get you. Sure. Right. That's that's why I say we're a turn like five format, like give or take a turn. Sure. Because like sometimes if you're pl- if you're playing the red deck and you just play. Inverter on turn four, and just play your Thassa's Oracle the next turn. Like, mm-hmm.
1: right, that's that's turn five.
2: Yeah. Point point here, Ricky. You 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 prefer the best two out of three?
1: I think that the best two out of three is fine. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is unfortunate that this happened like this, but I mean, technically, that that can be how it is sometimes. It'd be like for... that
2: sometimes, is what Ricky saying.
1: Um, like I'm surprised there haven't been pro tour finals that didn't happen more like this, honestly.
2: Yeah. Um, I am willing to eat some crow here and say that I was definitely wrong. Um, I thought for sure that the way to attack the format was going to be the mono-white deck, and it was one of the worst-performing decks of the Pro Tour. I still think it's a fine choice, and it's probably the deck that I would be most willing to build, given what we're going to talk about next, which is some band talk. But... Mm. Um, it, it definitely did not perform to, to my expectations for no. what I thought it was right. going to do, so, yeah, even with the hate. But let's talk about let's, Ed's performance.
0: Uh, well, hold on. Let's, I'm, holding. I'm uh, before, holding. Before we talk about that, mm-hmm. let's you know let's get back to the the pro tour here and let's run down this top eight. Uh, of course, we said it. Corey Burkhart winning with Demir Inverter. Huey Jensen in second place with Lotus Breach. Uh, Zachary Keeney on Mono Red Aggro. Jacob Wilson Soul Tide Delirium. Austin Bercevich on Azorius Control, Alan Wu on Lotus Breach, Thomas Ashton on Bant Spirits, and Peter Ingram on Demir Inverter. So again, you know, um, one of these things we said last week, we are talking about, we about Demir Inverter, was it didn't have the win. But now it has that win. Has Have things changed now that it has that win?
2: I don't know. I mean, it's it's very powerful, and... I do think that it's still got the biggest target on its back, or one of the biggest targets on its back. For you know, Lotus Breach is a little bit harder to um, cranial extraction, right? Sure. Do cranial extraction effects like you get that Demir Inverter or sorry that um, Inverter of Truth out of the Demir Inverter deck? They ain't looking too hot. They ain't doing too good. You know, which is one of the reasons you are kind of a fan of the mono blue version to have a backup game plan. Yes. So you know, hey, you're able to get that. You're able to Fae of Wishes. For a thought distortion, for a unmoored ego type effect, something like that, mm-hmm. they ain't nothing they can do. So, um, although it got the win, I definitely think that it's you know still. Well, and be I think great. that's why
0: you saw a lot of the uh, at least you know who I would say are more of my favorite pros playing the Lotus Breach deck as a you know they're still playing that thos Oracle combo style. Right. But I think the Oracle Breach decks are just trying to also attack. Uh, Demir Inverter as well.
2: Yeah, yeah. There's just there's too many combos. I, I think is the thing about it to like fight effectively, which is kind of what was with the white. Like I don't think I I don't think I correctly estimated how much combo there's going to be and and how much draw power they have and how many you know when you're playing Thoughtseize and Dig Through Time in the same deck, you get a lot of selection. You know. Mm-hmm. So
1: I've I've thought about a lot about this. Yeah. Right. Tell me your thoughts. Okay. And like so, technically Inverter was playable with Jace. Sure. Right. Um, It's Thos' Oracle that pushed it over the edge. For sure. And Lotus Storm was playable before. Mm -hmm. Yes. um, But the Breach is what pushed it over the edge. Correct. So, I think that if you want to ban cards here, I think Oracle and Breach seem like good bans because they don't kill the decks entirely.
0: Sure. That's fair. I, you know, I think... Okay, so let's... You know, I was hoping we were going to save this laugh. we finished talking about the Pro Tour, but I guess... I think it's the important g- thing. I mean, we've gone now, over now, these decks before. Yeah, exactly. I don't think anything's really changed out of these deck lists, right? Uh, so now is a time more than ever to let's... Yeah, let's talk about what do you ban? I know a lot of people online are talking ban Dig Through Time, and then because you're banning Dig Through Time, you might as well just ban Treasure Cruise. But Treasure Cruise is nothing wrong. Either. No, Exactly. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm agreeing with you, and I think if you're going to ban anything out of these decks, uh, I don't know about Breach just yet. Breach probably deserves some looking at, um, but I for sure think um, if we're going to ban anything, Thassa's Oracle is what we should be looking at.
2: I think that's fair. Like I said, I, I, I think we were both surprised. And again, if you if you hear us talking about it, like we, we saw some, some action on Twitter. And again, I think one of the problems that I that we was glaring here was like Twitter did not allow for these persons to make full thought arguments and they did not elect to do so. They just said, oh, I've been thinking that Dig Through Time was going to be broken, you know, for a while and let's ban it. And well, that's the
0: thing, right? Is people, you know, everyone knows. It was kind of an a prejudice towards. That, that Dig, Dig is on this watch list. It's been on this watch list since the format kind of began, right? It was right. always one of those cards that people were always going to look at it's as possibly everywhere. getting banned. Right. It's banned everywhere, right? And I think that people are using this deck as an excuse of saying, clearly, you know, this deck is what's breaking these cards, and right. Dick Through Time isn't the thing, right? It's, you know, you look at Dick Through Time was fine until Thassa's Oracle shows up and yeah. these decks showed up. We these certainly decks... feel that
2: way. I, I, we've talked about it, and we're definitely all, like, very much on the same page here. Um so I guess we'll kind of make that clear that we're we're all pretty much in agreement on on what the thing is here but like it definitely felt a, like a me like a way to be like well I've been saying since day 1 that this should be banned. So this is kind of me being proven right instead of a a thought out argument of like why is it a problem when before it has been around for so long and it was not a problem, you know. Several several streamers were like isn't it crazy how if you, you know, make a format where um, and have a controlled format, like some of these cards aren't as broken. You know the context of the format is so significant, and we happen to be in a format which is so amazing, in my opinion, that
0: you can have these kinds of cards. They're not well, extreme. You well, know? that's that's that identity of Pioneer that you know a lot of people lately have been talking about, just how Demir Inverter changed the identity of Pioneer. Right. But let's talk for a minute on the identity of Pioneer being a format where when you ban fetches, right, mm-hmm. and you're still just playing an average game out. It's not just totally dumping into your board with fetch lands every turn, that you can play these cards like Dig Through Time and Treasure Cruise, and they are powerful effects and they will do things but in the right deck. Like, there is some deck constraints and deck building style. Right. There are hoops you have to jump through to make full use of these cards. Right. Yeah, we, we definitely... And it just so happens that in these Oracle de- especially in Demir Inverter, you know, it gets to abuse the delve aspect of getting cards out of your graveyard. Right, to, to to yeah to craft your deck a certain and, way, and you know I could see some argument where you know who says there isn't a card down the line that just breaks dig even more. For but sure. I think let's let's take a point, and I think we need to again focus in on the fact that Thassa's Oracle here's the real problem because I don't want to see them band dig through time and these decks still be degeneracy, right? Or you know maybe not degeneracy, but still be just insanely taking over the format, right? I mean, you just and, play
1: more Omen of the
0: Sea. They already—I mean—they already run four Omen of the Sea. Uh,
1: it looks like they're playing one now, but yeah.
0: Um, but I mean, like I've seen pros talk about like you could just play Dig Through Time. You know, the deck maybe goes down to tier one point five, or you play Treasure Cruise, and maybe the deck just goes down to tier one point five. But like, you don't know, right? I mean, I mean, I just
2: yeah, I, I think Omen of the Sea is still good card selection.
1: So like, the thing that is dangerous with this deck is the line of play of. Turn 4, Inverter. You're losing next turn.
0: Yes, right.
1: That is the line of play that is dangerous. Like, if it's like... Well, and again... I'm playing a control game, and, like, turn 6, turn 7, I finally dig through time, and now I find my combo, and I'm winning on turn 8. Right. I think that's a fair deck. But that's not the lines that I think are upsetting. The lines that are frustrating are like, here's my Inverter on turn 4.
2: Yeah, I mean, and I'll be honest with you, like... I'm not even as worried about that particular scenario. Like, it's obviously strong, but like, there are ways to stop that, right? Like, you can you can kill a a Thassa's Oracle in response, so it goes off for zero, and then like they might be in trouble. Like, you can you can play counter spells. I I, I, like, in my opinion, the real like the big issue with this is that by that turn four, you've already been thought seized twice. Like that's what happens all the time because they're not just playing thought seize; they're playing thought eraser. You know, right? A lot of times in the main board, so like, it, right. it just it, it's also in that color. Don't get me wrong; that is also a true point, right? Like, I am presenting lethal on turn four or five is very strong. I definitely don't agree, like, don't disagree with you there. But like, what makes it extra insane is the fact that again, by that time, your answers are probably already gone because they've thought seized you not one but
0: multiple times in so some way do we or another. Do we need to talk about banning a Thoughtseize then? Like, I don't think so. No. I think I, I think talked I, about I it before
2: as a very, very strong card. I don't know that it necessarily needs a ban. I definitely could see it getting a ban because, like, this is one of the formats that has a lot of board interaction, and Thoughtseize is like really one of the only playable card disrupt, hand disruption spells. Uh, I you're mean, seeing people some are still going to play
1: Thought Erasure, like, but as... the, the
2: blue black decks aren't as strong. Is the thing you know.
1: What I'm saying is, like, I think that the card that pushes this deck over the top is Thoth's Oracle. We agree. Because yeah. if your opponent is trying to invert her into Jace, Jace is way more disruptible than the Oracle is.
2: Yeah. Just mm-hmm. Thoughtseize was, like, one of the number one played cards in the format, like, before this deck came, came around. And I think now it's even just it's even more strong is the is the only thing about it. So don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that it's the right move, but I definitely heard some people kinda of going, Well, Thothsies does kind of create an unfun thing when you get Thoughtsees during turn one or two and now it's like, well, my best card's gone and
0: Well the other thing too is right, like, hey, you know, guess what? Thoss's Oracle is also a mini dig through time if you look at it the right way. Like it is For sure. I just I just think that, you know, I and who knows, the the other problem too is Ever since they decided we're not going to have uh, set ban announcements right, um, we don't know when this is going to happen. They said they're going to warn us right, uh, but that warning could just be this Friday. They could say, hey, there's a ban restrict announcement coming out on on Monday.
1: Yeah. I think we could go online and check the reservation book of the local Olive Garden. Though. Garden. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. We, all right. Uh, we need to find out what Olive Garden they go to, and we need to get an in with someone there, and we'll just be like, yeah, when's, when's the reservation happening? Right. Yeah, exactly. Put
2: security cameras in that Olive Garden for, for when they yeah. show it up. Um,
0: but I, I
1: just... I just, I would hate to turn the conversation to thought Thoughtseize and Dig Through Time are the problem. I agree with you. Don't, don't thought get me wrong. and Dig Through Time is how we solve problems in formats. Yeah, exactly. don't get me
2: wrong. Like, I definitely think if we're banning cards, my number one offender is Thoughtseize Oracle. Like, it's a card that says, I win the game, and that effect is like, In my opinion, not super well thought out for how diverse Pioneer was and is. Thos'
1: Oracle and Underworld Breach, like, if you look at them, like, who is up to any sort of good with these cards? Like, nobody right. is intending to play a fair right, game for right. these cards. Nobody's
2: going, I'm going to play my Underworld Breach. Here's my Vyashino Pyromancer back, you know? Exactly. <laughs> Nobody's just playing, here's my Goblin Guide back. Nobody's doing yeah. that. Everybody's a first in, thought is, in, how in can I break is, the ever-loving the F Phillips. out of this card?
0: In the words of Cedric Phillips, he's up to no good. Yeah. He's up to no
1: good. So, like, and that was the thing. And uh, when, in other games that I've been involved with uh, that have had, like, Bannings and talked about nerfs and stuff like that, it's just like, if you step back and you look at a card or a skill or something like that, and you're like, if somebody is playing this skill or card, do they intend to play the game as it's intended to be played? Mm-hmm. Is, and it's just like, no. Is this Nobody what Garfield is intended right Oracle.
0: Is Underworld Breach as broken without Thassa's Oracle, though?
1: Um, yes, because it's what lets the... Inverter deck, or sorry, the breach deck go off. It just lets you cast all of your spells forever.
0: Okay, but doesn't that like, breach deck still just win through inverter or through Oracle? Um, no, it I think not. it's easier it to win wins through. Jace, through,
1: right? uh, let's see here, it wins through Jace or through um, an expansion explosion that's unstoppable. Oh, okay. oh yeah, you
2: just made so much money.
0: I just, well, I just, I just remember some of them running like. A couple oracles in the board. And Actually, like the... they're
1: running a no oracle currently. You
0: know, Huey, Huey isn't. Um, but because I do you know... can wish
1: for Jace. You can Fair. wish for Jace. You can't wish for the oracle.
0: Fair.
1: This is why. Because we're off of... Uh, we're off of the...
0: The mill package?
1: The flooding.
0: Sure. Okay. Yeah, off the ground.
1: It's like, it's like the flooding combo is cute, but just using Underworld Breach to forever cast like hidden strings for tons of mana... Yeah, or that makes sense. like you're poor over the pages. I know
2: this is kind of a long conversation, but like do you feel like well, it's, if it's we banned well I mean if we banned Thassa's Oracle, do you think that the Graveyard hate would be enough to stop because there's plenty of it in this format. Do you think the Graveyard hate would be enough to stop the the Lotus decks? Like do we ban Thassa's Oracle, leave the Lotus Breach alone? And let the graveyard hate try and fix it, or do you think if we're banning one, we're banning both, because they're both like very okay, quick? Okay, so things.
1: I think that Underworld Breach, like I think that the Lotus Storm deck is still a very strong deck without Underworld Breach. Mm-hmm. It just slows it down a little bit, and it gives it a little bit of a like lesser options, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Thos' Oracle, you ban that, and then we ban the Underworld Breach in like fairness of the hey, we're not going to be uh, accepting these unfair decks that get to be unfair for so easy. Like, you're going to have to put yourself out there a little bit more. You know what I mean? Yeah, okay, we sure. took one combo away, so we're taking this, like, way
2: to, this one away too.
1: With Underworld Breach, you don't care about the Thought Seizes or the Thought Erasures. Well,
0: that's, that's the thing, right? If you, if you go look at the numbers on this weekend, uh, Lotus Breach had, had pretty... Um, it's only negative matchup, like under 50% matchup, was to mono and Aggro, um, and it just had a over-70% matchup against Azorius Control, Mono Black, Heliod, and then Sultai Inverter, right? Like, it doesn't care about getting its hand taken apart.
1: Another part of this argument, also, people are, like, pointing fingers at, like, Ballista and Heliod as another combo, and that, like, we need to just... <laughs> Pick all the Theros cards out because they made three combos in Pioneer. Okay,
0: but let's look at the, but the my Heliod, thoughts, numbers, well, the Heliod was, numbers.
1: That's what I was getting to.
0: Azori's Control, 33%. White Band needs Spirits, everything that it can. 44, 44%. Demir Inverter, 26%. Lotus Breach, 25%. Mono Black, 41%. Mono Red, 45%. The only p- true positive win rate Dimir, or Heliod had this weekend was a 66.7% win rate against. Soul Tide Delirium. Yep. After that, its best win rate was against Inverter. Now, I don't have control the... Is playing Soul Guide Lantern. Say that? Say that again?
1: Uh, the guy in the top eight, uh, Austin. Okay. Uh, he was playing a Soul Guide Lantern main deck in his uh, Azorius Control deck.
0: That's, that's bold moves. I respect.
1: Yeah, respect. Um, also, it's so funny because, like... I feel like Teferi is such an egregious magic card.
0: Mm-hmm. But it it's, feels so, it feels so fair right now.
1: It's so much not fun. And it's definitely, like, if we're looking to ban a card, that's definitely one of my favorite cards to look at. But, like, right now, it's just like, you know what? Three mana Teferi is okay.
0: Everything's at sorcery Like, Inverter and Thassa's Oracle. They're sorcery yeah, speed. Yeah,
1: it's all at sorcery speed, or it doesn't matter anyways. Yeah. Um... Dude, like it is just so crazy, like uh I watched like two Niv to Light players playing at my locals and they each had a Teferi out, and I I've expressed my thoughts about Niv to Light being carried by that card. But like one of them goes like Bring to Light, go find Niv cast it and he's like, Well counter spell. He's like, Oh you can't my Teferi And then he's like, Oh wait a minute, you can't even cast your Niv to, uh <laughs> off the Bring to Light because yeah. of my Teferi. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, so what happens? And it's like oh, you show me Niv-Mizzet and then don't cast it. And it's yep. just like, yeah, that's what happens. And' We're all fun games of magic going on here. They're both sitting there and they're like, this isn't any fun. I can't <laughs> play my counter spells. You can't play your regular spells.
0: Well, it's just so funny, right? That like Teferi is this supposed to be card that protects from degeneracy and it can't do anything to stop the current degeneracy.
1: It should just say your opponent can't cast instants during your turn. Yeah. If it said that, it would be a really strong magic card. But it would not be
0: the no the, fun zone that it is now. The no
1: fun zone. Nope. Sorry, you can't marvel. hmm I don't know. That's sorry. pretty fun.
0: That's pretty fun when you sit down and just <laughs> play play your untapped hollowed fountain, and then your opponent just knows you're playing some blue deck, and then you just land that turn three to fairy, and you know they just their deck does nothing. They've got yeah. uh, some really nice uh, puzzle knots. And I mean, some... like,
1: Finale is a really cool card, but too bad you'll never use it because mm, yeah. Teferi's here.
2: That's right. Get Shrek to kids. Dude, uh, if I
1: pl- could play Finale in Phoenix, that card... Oh my god, it's so much fun. I did it in Standard way back when. It was ill-advised then. It was still too much fun. Uh, and Teferi is just like, uh, try it, kid. You know. So so,
0: where, where does this leave us? Are we are we on the? Hey, we... If, if if anything bans we're banning Thos' Oracle and probably Underworld Breach is what I'm getting. Yeah. give me your
2: bans list right now, guys. All right,
1: I think we definitely ban Thos' Oracle and probably Underworld Breach. There is there is argument to ban Thespian Stage. Okay. Because. Final that's... cuts. No no ifs. Okay. You've already had a chance. Okay. To say.
2: Give me your ban list right now.
1: My, my ban list right now is definitely ban Thos Oracle, okay. probably ban Underworld Connection, okay. and leave Heliod alone.
2: Sounds good. Ruckman, give me your ban list. Uh,
0: ban Banthos Oracle, I think we give Underworld Breach a little bit of time because I want to see what happens. Mm-hmm. And unban Oath of Nyssa. Oh, we're doing unbans. Ricky, would you like to no, do any unbans? No,
1: I, I used to think this. Okay. But no, the Niv to player needs to suffer.
2: All the right, you're probably right there.
0: You're probably right there. All, all right, right, Chris all is
2: right, banless. Ban Thassa's Oracle. Um, I don't know. Now, now I've heard some good arguments. The way I'll say ban Underworld Breach, and then also I want to Fairy Band. Just always want that card banned. <laughs>
1: I if, always if, just want that card.
0: We, I, listen, listen. We, listen we, there have been a lot of bands. Harry, can, I, can I have Sahili Combo back? Yeah,
2: may, maybe so. Because like, there's just, there's a lot of bands that I was like, I just don't know. This was necessary. Like we didn't wait long enough to see it, you know. And like at this point, well, I've already Saheely, had enough. Sahili
0: Combo is. Is egregious when it gets to play also to Fairy Time Raveller.
2: I agree, and that's that's one of the things that I thought that that's what made that deck like too insane. Was that was kind of like an insane three four five or whatever you want to say two three four if you were playing green and could ramp or something like that. So mm-hmm. uh, I think there's a lot of cards that were banned that I think were banned too quickly. Um, this is a card I think just think again just makes the no fun zone. So my ban are right now are probably uh, Oracle Breach because Ricky has convinced me just now, and then to because always.
0: But Teferi knocks this weekend, right? Teferi just because... No, Teferi
2: because always wanted to ban that card. I just think that card's a no-fun zone okay. card. All right. Um, hey, let's talk about our buddy Ed, who yeah, top 32'd so, uh, the, yeah. the... What's the GP? Uh, magic yeah, GP Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. GP Phoenix.
0: So he he gave us some really great insights um, into Heliod, because again... we Did uh, we him to play Heliod? Is that fair to say or no?
1: We mm. did. I did not.
0: But we, okay, we well, did. Chris and I, collective. Chris and I, kind of put that bug in his ear. You, you, know, the you
1: guys tormented the poor boy into play. That dude, he got
0: like ten or eleven wins. The dude
1: made cash right. monies. what do you want? No, he made cash monies. Because Henry,
2: um, I'm not hearing your counter argument here. I'm failing it, to see. It's
0: definitely because it's definitely one of the best players that I think that we personally know. Like he, outside he of even like said he's the like, full-on pro.
1: He's like he had to work too hard for his wins, mm-hmm. and he would not play the deck again. Yeah. Okay. Look.
0: Chris and I might have been wrong. Um, yeah,
2: yeah, I, I admitted the first thing so that, so that we could say, "Hey, listen, like Fair we enough, were right? not one hundred percent accurate though? last week in our
0: process. uh Tomek is hot against yeah. uh, Lotus Breach. Uh, so he they can't w- untap their own lands, right? Yes. Yeah, they're, well, their land they also can't copy their lands. Yep. Nice. There we go. Uh, so yeah, he played mono white. Um, I guess to sort of on the, the on our urgings to a mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, top thirty-two finish. So round applause for Ed. Yep. Uh, Ed, if you're out there, you know we love you. Mm-hmm. Um, he was going in on Master the Unseen was his big thing, right? Yeah. Uh, which is a one mana enchantment. No, no, no. two mana. Yeah. Just like, is it two mana? Is yeah, it yeah, one in yeah. a white? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so for one in a white, it's an enchantment that for three in a white, you manifest the top card of your library. So you take the top card of your library. Put it face down. It's now a two-two, and you can flip it face up for its converted mana cost. For its mana co- if cost, it right? has one, that's right. And
1: whenever you flip a card face up, you gain life equal to the number of creatures you have in play.
0: Right. So essentially, he has a built-in even better matchup against the the aggro decks there. Yeah. Because he already has like Daxos and stuff like that going right. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I I want to play with that card myself. Um, I. He's playing three. I maybe want to play two or just one. Uh, but he was. We like the cocoa version. He, Me and Ruckman want to play. It's a good output
1: company. for your. Yeah. Yeah. Nyxos mana.
0: I I think I was just underestimating how much mana you're making off of Nyxos. But if he's saying he's manifesting like, and to be three, fair, this cards, is a pretty... three cards a turn, right? Like. Yeah.
2: This is a pretty That's standard um, mono white devotion list that you guys can look up. Um, he did he did play the owl, the Arcanist owl. The or was owl it is so good. Yeah, it gives the you four devotion good. to white, and then obviously you're and playing the Helia Blister
0: combo. He's on one Gideon Blackblade, three Gideon of the Trials. Mm-hmm. Uh, the list I have put together is on two allies Zendikar, two Gideon of the Trials. Mm-hmm.
1: I like Blackblade quite a bit.
0: I'm playing I'm playing two Blackblade in the board, and another trial in the board. Um, that
1: vindicate is really, really, really hot.
0: Yeah. I mean, so anyway, so he let's let me let me try and scroll through over his thoughts to to where to where his thoughts were. Yeah. Um. So essentially, his summary
2: of it was that it, he thought it was an aggro killer. He felt like he really liked his matchup in aggro.
0: So so here here's what he wrote to us. Mm-hmm. He said, mono white is all, overall a fine deck, but suffers when either the opponent is well prepared for with Arbor Devastation and Ugin the Spirit Dragon." And it has to play weaker cards for its engine to work, such as Owl and Daxos. And it has an okay sideboard, when, but being one color isn't great. Right. Matchup-wise, Mono-White is behind against control decks, but can, it can still get got by control, by combo decks, and Thoughtseize is very powerful against Mono-White, due to the amount of synergy the deck requires. For instance, he won against Inverter, when they didn't have Discard, but always lost when they had a Thought Seize or a Thought Erasure. But he says Mono-White is very good against the Aggro decks, as it's slightly bigger and is not as easy to get aggroed out to all the built-in life gain because of heavy uses of enchantment removal that can't be exploited, uh, of enchantments that can't be exploited. Mm-hmm. Uh, Breach, he said, he's behind against due to his susceptibility to Ugin the Spirit Dragon, which that makes total sense, right? Ugin is a house out of their wish board, mm-hmm. and he says it's also hard because they can get it game one because of fan wishes, right? Right. Uh, yeah. Also, his version of Mono White is on an aggro deck as it has as he's more mid-range, uh, going all in a lot on the Master of the Unseen with a combo finisher. And he said, actually, he went through a lot of combo kills. He just was able to, just to sort of threaten it.
2: Kind of, He kind of grinded his way to victory. Actually, mm-hmm. Master
1: of the Unseen is pretty good against Ugin because it makes colorless tokens for yeah. colorless manifests. Yeah, that's um, true. But
2: it, it itself, I think, gets exiled by Ugin. So it's that's like, fine. Like,
1: if you like leave two or three bodies left behind, you can kill the Ugin. Yeah. They only play one. Yeah, So... But yeah, Chris and I net.
0: Chris and I were talking, and I definitely i am going to give it a try here in a week or so. Uh, there's just a couple of things I need to order for it still for the sideboard that I just don't have, surprisingly don't have. Uh, because as, as Chris and Ricky make fun of me for, I am just on a buying tear right now. Um, I want to be the guy with that uh, battle binder of, I can hook the, hook the boys up with cards they need at events. Mm-hmm. He's so like know. a lot of players we know with uh, modern collections, right? Oh, yep. Um, That's one thing um, I like
2: the, about this format, though, is like... I had a lot of fun this weekend. Like, I don't think anybody played Inverter. Like, we had two big ballers on Sultai, um, mm-hmm. one who played with his Soda on the table, like a man with his Beta Basic Lands and two thousand dollar deck. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's big baller, already. Right. That was that's, big baller, uh, a right there. Of baller. So we had those two guys who definitely both did well. They actually got paired against each other in round two, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah, uh, I, I
0: love Sultai Delirium, but that's just the deck. Like, there are so many lines of that deck, and I'm just too old to play that.
2: I mean, a lot of them are just trying to get Uro out. That, that's what I learned. Sure. It was like, his I... a good set. Deck. But my point is like your local metagame is going to be thankfully so much more diverse because people have most likely already built their deck so they want to brew. So like, I, as much as we're talking about the PT in the position, like I probably wouldn't be super excited to go play a premiere event this weekend, but we're still getting 20 per week, uh, twice good. a week for FNM and on Sundays at the, at the local place here. And, like, it is so exciting. It is still so much fun because everybody's, like, playing diverse decks and having a good time. So as much as, like, it is a little bit annoying at premiere events, like, everybody's trying to do the big thing, the local events are thankfully
0: still super diverse. I have but inverters. But if you do have a spice at your local events, here, here, here are some ways you can beat up on them. That's right. Just go play Lotus Breach. Yeah. Jeez.
1: I have like six decks. I have inverters. I have soul flayers, but not the rest of the cards for those decks. Um, I don't know. I'm thinking about picking up a couple more decks, but not any of the biggest ones. My yeah. favorite deck on, is going to be Phoenix. Based on it's the weekend so results,
0: though, based on the weekend's results, though, um, inverter actually had a pretty shockingly uh, low performing weekend. Yeah, but it was I definitely mean, the breach. It's, that... it's weird to say because it won, right? Right. But uh, soul tie inverter, its highest matchup. At a sixty-six point seven percent against Azorius control, against Bant Spirits at a forty-two point nine, against the Mirror Inverter, or sorry, that's Sultai Inverter I'm looking at.
2: What am I? Sultai Delirium. Is what you're thinking of?
0: No. Okay. So there's this apparently a Sultai Inverter decklist. That was okay. There. Okay. Sure. So anyway, now now the actual numbers. Okay. So eh, it's still doing a little better than I thought. Um, never mind. For disregard what I was saying. But it's still like a lot of like low fifties, right? Yeah. It's only real good matchups are against Mono White Heliod and Monterey Aggro, so again, let's retract that about, uh, hey, go play Heliod against the Dimir Inverter decks. Right, yeah. Not, we we miscalled that. Right uh, mm-hmm. I would still probably play Monoret against them, though.
1: I would yeah. safely play Bant Spirits. I think this deck
0: I is... I, I think Bant Spirits is, is the deck I'm going to be on for a while. I feel
1: like we're going to like ban some deck... And then Bant Spirits is going to turn around and be like, you thought I was Inverter, but it was actually me. Right. It was me the whole time. So,
0: so, yeah, shout out to, I forget what fan it is we have on Twitter, who every week I talk about, like, I ask what decks we want us to talk about. And he always says Bant Spirits uh, because it is the best deck. Uh, Well, you're probably right coming up soon if you're not already. Mm -hmm.
1: The deck is so good. Every time I play against it, I'm just, like, so unbelievably frustrated on how, like, Quickly, Their board is just like well, think, 12 against, damage. I
0: think against, like, except against Control, like you have a pretty at least even matchup against almost everything in the field, but again, except for Control.
1: It's like Mausoleum Wanderer. I'm surprised it's it so came back big. so strong
0: with Collective Company. I mean, the Collective Company version of the deck was
2: so... I mean, if you listen to our podcasts, like, we've been talking about it for a while. Collective Company was not the best version of the deck for a long time. For a long time, the Cocoa versions of the deck were not doing anywhere as near as well as just the regular Blue-White Spirits. But, like, it looks like that, that way to just, like, if you get your best threats, Thought seas, Thought Erasers, whatever, just to be able to come mm-hmm. out. And against, like, a Breach deck, just to be able to play that card to get out beats faster. I think it just kind of, like, is perfect in this environment where, like, it both lets you refill, which has always, has not always been the most important thing. Because, like, if your threats, like, against Green, your threats just weren't good enough. You know, when yeah. like when the green and the simic was everywhere, like your threats were just worse. Like Coco for whatever you want. My guy's a twelve twelve trampler. What you gonna do but about like,
1: that? Harold.
0: Oh the, my gosh, double gas Harold.
1: Eve gas Harold. Oh my lord.
0: You're very true. Just tap yeah. down your dudes, mm-hmm. like oh yeah. And the then next, there's
1: two the... when there's two in play, you're just like Alright, man, you got me. Like I don't want to keep playing this
0: game. Sure, sure, sure. Can
1: I go to combat? Hold, hold just, on man, before like, combat. Rattle check. But chains. like
0: sometimes but like it, obviously if you aren't going off, right, like you're sitting there just to mausoleum wanderer and play like that kind of feels bad when you're just like
1: mausoleum wanderer gets so big it's just mm -hmm. like turn one mausoleum wanderer and then i'm like well i if i thought caesar gonna sack the like wanderer or whatever and it's like or you know i can't even opt into it sure whatever pass and then just like supreme phantom and i'm like well i want to opt now and it's like oh yeah go ahead and opt and now take three Mm -hmm. like
0: um and then, of course, you get permeating mass out of the board. Hey, yeah, card I, I don't even remember being printed, but I look at it and I'm like, this card's fun.
1: This So permeating mass does the stupidest thing in it's, First of a, all, it's a
0: 1-3 for a single green.
1: It does so much stupid work in the insole matchup.
2: Nobody knows what that card does, so explain it to so the it's, people. So it's a 1-3
0: okay. for a single green that when it deals combat damage to a creature, that creature becomes a copy of it. Is it an Elk also?
1: It's a spirit.
0: Not, not an, an Elk, elk? then. Okay. Not an no. Elk. Oko's okay. not here anymore. Okay. Um, so man, imagine this format if we If your Oco.
1: opponent insoles a Darksteel Citadel and swings, and you have Rattle Chains in play, you can flash in permeating mass, mass and block, and it turns their Darksteel <laughs> Citadel into a 1-3, and in soul falls off of it.
0: Because it's not
1: an artifact anymore. It's not an artifact anymore. Oh, nifty. And it's not indestructible anymore. It's just a (laughs)
0: 1-3. And then guess what? All your other things fly, so it's not going to bother you the rest of the game.
1: Or, even dumber, like you put another insole, right? Yeah. And you're going to swing with your 1-3 because you're the smashy deck. And they're going to, like, block your 1-3 to get their own permeating mass. And then now you can't swing with your insole creature again. 'Cause they have a permeating mass again. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, it just it leads to so many really, really dumb situations.
0: And again, it's a card that I don't even remember being printed.
1: <laughs> it was it was in that. Like, man, Eldritch Moon was a set, man.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That was a weird set.
0: Is it a rare? Yeah. yeah. Nice. It's a rare I bought a play set of for a dollar.
1: Nice. It's it's a rare it like also spell or so yeah spell colors are rare. Selfless spirits are rare from that set. Uh, Liliana, Ishkana, and Emrakul are all mythic. I, from just, that I set. also
2: I've got okay, a i had a green someone, box of that, uh, that set. So
0: as someone who loves flavor text, Promethei Mass also has a really good flavor text where they're just like the spirit. It's essentially just the spirits of Instrad are like, Oh, well, Emrakul is gonna ruin everything. Let's ruin it first. <laughs> would be unable to warp the
1: denizens if the Geist got there first. <laughs> there first. Oh my gosh.
0: Yep. Emrakul's going to make the monstrosities. Can we talk about you how also make the monstrosities first?
1: Mystical Dispute is yeah. just played in everything? In the how main Mystical Dispute now? is
0: a, yep. is a like five, man, $5 uncommon? Yep. I think Mystical Dispute was the most played part of the Pro Tour. Hold on, let me get yep. those numbers uh, real that's, fast. that's the graphic I remember, that's for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. here it is. So the most played card of the Pro Tour, at 699 copies, was Mystical Dispute, followed by Thoughtseize at 687, Fatal Push at 652, and Dig Through Time at 393. Wow.
1: I just love... I love the flavor text. So let's talk about flavor text. This, uh, Mystical Dispute has like some of my favorite counterspell flavor text. It's like in my top always five. always the best flavor text, My right? top five counterspell flavor text of uh, okay. of your feet are on land, yet you're in a way over your head, aren't you?
2: Dang, the disrespects!
1: It is. That's what all counterspell flavor text is
0: about. It's flavor all about always, disrespect. Counterspell flavor text is always the best.
1: It's the most, like, condescending, like... If I wanted your opinion, I would have told you what it was. Oh yeah, I remember um,
0: that. I also like the one that's like, uh, one day I'll be bested, but it's not today, and it, it's not you. It's not
1: by you. Yeah, it's one day someone will best me, but it won't be today, and it won't be by you.
2: Uh,
1: yeah. Uh, scoot Mob
2: yeah. has uh, some of my favorite flavor texts, just because it was a ridiculous card. Survival <laughs> 781. There are always more Scoot bugs. <laughs> <gobbled> <laughs> wow,
1: that was that was impressive. Flavor text recall, including uh, the I number. Cool it. Do not worry too he much. Oh, there, yeah. I, 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 I saw edit it. edit this out. Yeah. Edit this out. Leave the
0: movie magic. Let it be.
2: <laughs> no, I, I remember the card. I just couldn't remember exactly what it uh, was. The,
0: the M12 lightning bolt is also very good flavor text. M12 has no flavor text. Uh, M11 then. The M10. Yeah. M, yeah it's, it's, it's the lightning it's bolt. The The spark. The spark mage. Yeah. 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 This
1: is oh, uh, fla- this, this is, is now, now
0: crew three flavor. I know, right? Yeah, hey hey, everyone, uh, if you just play magic cards and never read the weird italic text on the bottom, do so. There's some really fun ones.
1: Yeah, like, you've got to do something while your opponent is tanking on how they have 26 mana in play. <laughs> <laughs> like, it happens, I'm going to read
2: my cards when my opponent Lotus combos me.
1: Yeah, exactly. When your opponent has, like, 26 mana and they're sitting there thinking about what to wish for.
0: But yeah. be careful not to read them out loud, because sometimes, you know... Your opponent will know it's in your hand because of that.
1: Yeah, it's very true. Uh,
0: Let's <laughs> be honest. At that point, your hand doesn't matter.
1: Uh probably.
0: Probably not. There's a chance. There's, There's a, chance. a chance. All right. All right. Do any, we want to do any, our uh... and oh, anything else? I mean, do we want to do we want to talk about the uh, the classic or the Grand Prix? The Grand Prix was a lot of inverter again. It was essentially. Five inverted decks and three non. it. Actually, I do want to talk about the Grand Prix because I like Ben White's deck, the winning deck, the Monored deck.
2: Break it down for me.
0: Uh, so it's Monored Eldrazi. We're going to air quotes Eldrazi. So it's your average Monored deck we've been seeing lately, but it's mainboarding, Rampaging, Frostodon to just shut down the white matchup, right, and shut down all the life gain. Uh, but the big thing here is it's playing Eldrazi Obligator, which is a three mana, three one with haste. Uh, Eldrazi um, that when you cast it, you can pay one in a colorless, and if you do, you gain control, and then it just active treasons a guy. Oh, that's right, yeah. So yeah. I've lost so to that
1: card multiple times. So
0: so on turn four, when your inverter opponent taps out to play their inverter, you then get to one-tapped for five mana, play a 3-1 Haster, and also threaten their inverter and attack them for nine? Sick.
2: Wait, I, th- I thought that card cost three, and it had to cost three to activate. Three it's and then two,
1: to two. two to kicker.
2: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah.
1: It has kicker without having kicker, I think.
0: Um, also, thought not here in the sideboard is kind of hot. Uh, but I'll draw the obligator. That's that's a fun include. I love that a lot. Um, and I picked. I, I instantly went and picked up obligators after this. Nice. Um, so I'm gonna have some fun with that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's nothing really, I guess, special to really talk about in these. These uh these finishes outside of again that mono red, that take on mono red which is kind of a new new go, right?
1: It's pretty pretty cool. I mean Raymond Ruins gets to do double duty getting to tap for colorless mana to cast Thought Not Seers and And
0: then pick your pick whatever red painland you want to play. I guess you know, Battlefield Ford's the cheapest.
1: I did also get to like ruin one of my friend's day because he built inverter. Uh-huh. And so I went over to test with him. And brought dredgeless Dredge. Okay. And just uh, every time he inverted, I just uh, cast venture Deeper off my Merfolk Secret Keeper and targeted him instead. What What does that card card? do? It mills somebody four.
0: For four? Yeah. Nice. And it's
1: supposed to be me, but I was like, how many cards do you library? He's just like, four. And I was just like, no,
0: not anymore.
2: Oh, oh so is that, te- just, was that just the first half of of Exile? Keeper, the one that mills yeah, for? Yeah, okay, yeah, that's I'm the, sure that's sure. the yeah, Venture, yeah. It's called yeah. Venture Deeper. Um, okay, gotcha.
0: Also, another card, real fast though. Ben White's deck, deck. Uh, a one of Satyr's Cunning, which no, that card is I good
1: because it lets you use your your graveyard as a resource.
0: Yeah, like, I heard. I've heard a lot of. Uh, that, there was some hype over this card over the weekend.
1: Escape is like escape is so free. Like escape as a mechanic is so broken. It is a mechanic. You're correct. No, as a mechanic is so broken. 'Cause it literally costs you nothing. So I do think that if your deck can't I mean, use your, your graveyard. Your graveyard. Mm-hmm. Like if your deck doesn't use your graveyard, if you're not casting delve spells, if you're not reanimating things, right? Sure. Why not just include an escape card? Yeah, like, I think it's, I mean, it's I think the same it argument brilliant. for like
2: Delve back in the day. I and mean, like if you were a mono black, you could just play some murderous cut if you want to, you know?
1: Right. Like I mean, it doesn't feel like you ha- like you're it's a mechanic that does not Hinder you if you're not already using the resource at once. Yeah.
0: So another, another deck I wanna I wanna try out is uh, that could also probably use Satyr's Cunning. Is I do want to go back to Gruul Aggro with Galia and then also play Seder Fire Drinker and Ilawn of the Great Rebel
1: Oh my! Just, you don't want to play Satyr Fire Drinker?
0: Yeah, I do with Galia.
1: <laughs> Hell heck yeah! That card is Jackal Pup. Remember? Yeah, but it's a Satyr it's not worth it.
2: You need those satyr synergies, Ricky.
1: So, like, I think it's Mutavolt is a satyr. Some would really call cool.
2: them. Some would call them seder-gies.
1: Oh no! Hey. Yeah.
0: Look, Hashtag Struckler, that on Twitter. I don't
1: care how much you want to be the armpit guy.
0: No, you, I want to be the banana guy. Okay,
1: you want to be banana guy. Okay, but still, I don't think it's not worth running other satyrs other than Mutavault.
0: I'll show you. It's worth. Please
1: it. show me. Yeah,
0: I will do. That Get will ready. be
2: our. That will be next week or the week after. That's deck.
1: Yeah, for yeah. our new segment. All right, all oh. right,
0: Chris. All right. Uh, so I like let me look back. Say, um, we're we're gonna take a break from hot takes. It's dead. It's never I, coming back. No, it might come back. Yeah,
2: it's probably coming back.
0: Um, yeah, I think uh, Chris brought the idea of having a new end of an episode segment, and I kind of like the idea of having a rotation here just to sort of spice things up, just so we're not. Heading into stale takes after so many weeks, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so Chris, since this is your idea, how about you introduce this new end of end of episode segment to everyone?
2: Oh, you, you want this to be a disaster? Okay, uh, I will do my best to introduce this. Uh, I have presented. What do we decide to call it? This this slaps. Uh, does this it slaps. Slaps. does it slap? Does, does it, it slap? Does it slap? Yes. This segment is called "Does it slap?" Uh, you just heard the the intro that we made for it. Hopefully. And, uh, it is a, each week, I want one of us to actually brew our own, uh, version of a deck, it could be an existing deck that you change to some extent, and kind of present it to the guys, and kind of have some discussion on, like, you know, where does this deck fit, um, is this a good idea, bad idea, whatever, I don't really want to be, like, picking up right to those ideas too much, it's mostly to talk about the fun stuff, I know these guys are, you know, uh, pretty, pretty good magic players from spending the time with them, so, like, you know. Whoever presents it can talk about what this idea is for, like the... I will give you an example here in a minute of the deck that I'm going to present, and just kind of talk about it and uh, talk about whether or not this deck slacks, slaps, give it uh, a, a rotating form of grading scale. This it's week it'll arbitrary be... arbitrary form of
0: grading. What's that? It's an arbitrary form of grading.
2: Arbitrary. The, the, the most arbitrary. However many is, bacon bits out of five, oh. however many whatever's out of ten... Whatever you guys feel like, however many Olive Gardens out of 657 possible Olive Gardens that there are in the country, whatever we want to rate it, that's what we will. That number is way do. lower
0: than the number of Olive Gardens. I have no idea. Is it really? But I'm, guess uh, guess I'm us go, about right. to Google you, how many you, Olive you, you, Gardens you, you, there are. You introduce us to this deck and I will, I will look up the number of Olive Gardens.
1: I can say that there's like at least five Olive Gardens in the country.
2: 840. I was way closer than you gave me credit for.
0: I still have not been proven wrong. I see 866. Wrong. Whatever. I still have okay. not been proven anyway. wrong. We well, are, gonna... are at least five. You are correct. Right? Thank you. A minimum of five.
2: All right. This week on Does It Slap? Uh, basically, the inspiration for this was my my play over the weekend with uh, Red, Blue, and Soul Artifact. And the spice in that deck was I played some Curious Obsession, which was a lot of fun because we, we were playing some Ornithopter, and it was a lot of fun combinations of, like, you know, Ghost Fireblade, a whatever, put this uh, Curious Obsession on my Ornithopter, and now you kind of had a tougher choice. I'm like, well, am I going to kill this Ornithopter that's drawing up a bunch of cards, or I want to kill, like, the damaging threat? And typically whatever they killed was, like, you know, the thing that was going to get skill-animated the next turn and then just go to town. So I was like, well, the only card I was really playing that was red was Shrapnel Blast. And as strong as that card was, if you needed... Like, just one of the cheapest possible decks that you could build. And I could probably make this deck even cheaper. I definitely think you could do Mono Blue and Soul. It's not a deck that um, has a ton of competitive finishes, like even in 50 Leagues. And looking around, most of the decks that I saw that were for this were, like, not very good. They were trying to, like, use that new Throne of Eldraine card that, like, animated a non-creature artifact. So I think that's definitely a way you could go with this deck I you know we could maybe talk about that list on either on Twitter or another episode but this is still where we' want to be in-soul artifacting a dark steel citadel or one of our artifact creatures and go from there So our mono blue in-soul artifact looks like 16 Island for Dark Steel Citadel. If you have mutavaults, feel free to play mutavaults. this is going to be again a very very budget deck that we're presenting here um, for non-creatures, we're going to play 4 Ghostfire Blade. That card is not very expensive and is insane. That d- definitely earns a spot in the deck. 4 Insult Artifact, obviously, for Curious Obsession, because that's just a great way to draw cards, and you are going to be able to keep up with a lot of decks and sometimes swarm them um, harder or refill with Curious Obsession. Not a card you can play on turn 1. Um, a lot of people make mistakes with Curious Obsession, where they're like, I'm going to play it, I play a creature, I play Curious Obsession on it, that creature will die. You have to attack with the Curious Obsession to creature for it not to be sacrificed. The Obsession will die. The Obsession will die, that's right, yeah, yeah. Um, two Stubborn Denial and two mizium Skin. Uh, mizium Skin I do like a little bit more than Dive Down. I don't think you need all of the toughness on Dive Down, and mizium Skin has an upside of being able to protect more of your creatures if you needed to for some reason. Um, so I, I like the potential upside there. Um, for creatures, we're going to play two Emery. This card is nowhere near as expensive as it used to be. It used to be $5. It's now like a dollar or 2 and pretty easy to pick up. Not necessary, but it is a great way to, you know, it's a cheap threat. It typically costs one, maybe two, and it'll let you recast your your powerful cards. Um, Emery, one of my favorite things to do is get back a Stone Coil Serpent. Stone Coil Serpent, super strong, but unfortunately too often dies to Fatal Push. But overall, a very sick card that when you start casting that for five and its text becomes relevant, it is really relevant. There is a lot of text on Stonecoil Serpent. And uh, in playing it, that card was sick. Again, when you animate it in one way or another, it keeps its counters. I think a lot of people know that, but Stonecoil Serpent um, has Trample. Mm -hmm. So you're beaten down really hard. You're, of course, going to play four Ginger Brute, um, four Skilled Animator. Um, I am playing four Steel Overseer. That card is a couple dollars, and you could definitely play, like, fewer of it if you wanted to go super ultra budget, but a card that definitely won its place. I activated it, like, one time, I think, last weekend, and it was worth every every minute of that. Like, that was just it. Like, that the one activation won the game. I didn't see it in any of the other games. Um, I wasn't playing that many, but I definitely would up that count to four and have done so in this deck. Four or- Ornithopters and two Hope of Gearper. Um, that's just a card that its text isn't super relevant, but it's a 1-1 artifact flyer. And it, again, is super cheap dollar-wise. So when it's relevant, it is nice, and it's just another way to, if you're going to animate something, it's got flying. Mm-hmm. So a, a very sick card. So this deck clocks in at, like, under 60 bucks. Again, you could make it even cheaper if you wanted to. You could definitely make this deck around 50 bucks if you cut, like, a couple Steel, steel Overseers and, like, the Emery's. But this, for like $50, gets you a deck that will definitely win you a match or two at your FNM out of four rounds. So, gentlemen, does it slap?
1: Um. So, I think that this deck slaps a little bit.
2: Yeah, I keep, keep in think... mind, in this case, we're talking about the context of, if we want to rate this deck, um, I think in the future I want to have like different scales that you can rate it on. This is meant to be like... You know, I'm presenting this as a deck that is probably one of the more competitive decks you could play for like $50. I,
1: I like this deck. and like, It also opens up options if you don't have some of the cards that you've listed. Like, Reverse Engineer is not an awful card. Right. That mm-hmm. can work in this deck, too. Um, you don't get as much explosiveness without the red, but I do think that this deck don't. does get a lot just with the longevity because of Emery. Mm-hmm. Which I like quite a bit. And other options that let us, like, find more artifacts and stuff like that. Right. Um, I I could say I could say that, without a doubt, this deck slaps harder than most decks you could buy for
2: $50. There you go. Thank you for that. W- one card I considered, and one card I think we could talk about for a minute, I know this is kind of our closing segment we want to be wrapping up, but um, Thopter Spy Network, that card slaps. And, and if it wasn't four mana, I would definitely be putting it in here. Um, but... Uh, even then, like, any, it's definitely a card that earns its spots in the sideboard, if you want to be building a sideboard for this. Um, another one is, I don't even remember the name of it, but there's it's a card that uh, is like a 7-mana 5-6, and it effectively has affinity for artifacts. It's from Kaladesh. That card is not unreasonable either.
0: That card is, is fine if you wanted to play a couple of it. Did you... Did you? Uh, also, uh, I also think this deck slaps, and I'm not just saying that again because it's the first time we're doing this segment, but... Um... I think you know this is. We we've talked a lot in like out of out of off off air mm-hmm. about potentially just playing a mono blue version of Insult, right? Like this isn't something. I mean, this is the first time you actually fully present a decklist, but I think what we've talked about in the past on right. whether or not this deck will work. Um, I've been high on it, like I said, especially you, as a budget list. I think this is like. Did we mention like a, maybe like a psy masterthopterist? Um, that's uh, that gets
1: into like Paradoxal outcome territory, and that's my territory.
0: Mm, uh, I see.
1: But uh, I can say that this deck does definitely slap because in that sideboard, uh, you can run four Mystic Dispute, and that's the <laughs> number one played card at the Pro Tour. Yeah, so statistically, this deck also slaps.
0: Uh, also, go. because as an, as an aggressive creature deck, uh, you will be slapping your opponent.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I would say out of five slaps, uh, if we slap on budget, uh, we slap uh, statistically. And uh, we slap our opponents. I would give this deck 3 slaps out of 5.
0: Love it. Love it. Uh, You know, I will give this uh, 3 bowls of pesantata salad out of 2 for slapability.
2: Oh! Side Master Thopterist, automatic conclusion of the sideboard because apparently it is card 69 out of 280 from M19. So, you gotta get that for the memes. But uh, I think that could definitely be a sideboard card. But it's $6, and that's so
0: many dollars.
1: It could be. That is a lot of dollars. Wait, are at six bucks now. It's there six dollars. I'm uh, yeah. sitting on a gold mine. Yes, you are. So it turns again, out
0: Ricky gave up on Glorybringers and was buying in on Simic. I, with I think.
2: I think this is a deck that is easy to upgrade. Right, like as soon as you get some of the red lands, you can start playing some of the red cards. Mostly, like you can throw in like your lightning strikes or your you know shock type effects and Shrapnel Blast. Shrapnel Blast, I can promise you, is definitely worth it. I definitely finished a couple games like that. It's just that was kind of the only card we were playing red. And if you, you know, you could shave off like 30 to $50 worth of cost from the deck by shaving off the red from it. So hey,
0: go ahead and uh, make sure you type up this decklist for me so I it can is tweet up. it out as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. This, this will
2: be out there on our, our interweb. So there you have it, guys. There is Mono Blue in It will be on the tweeters for you guys'
0: uh, viewing pleasure. All right. Awesome. Well, Chris, thank you for the idea of the new segment. Uh, you know, obviously, the first time is a little bit of a test run on it. So uh, we'll, we'll refine this over the few weeks, and we'll think of some maybe other... maybe we'll refine it. No problems. Uh, well, you know, again, we'll we'll this is a thing we could try again for another week or two, and we'll see how we like it. I and mean, we'll go back to hot takes. I don't know. I I like the idea of us having a few possible ending segments to keep spice things up and to keep the hot takes from going stale. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, keep uh, so
1: many ways I can tell you that
0: I don't like to yeah, <laughs> there are. Um, There's only so
2: many times you guys can be proven wrong that my hot take was the best. So, that but also Theros one, one, cool last, one
0: last thing before we end, um, I do want to shout out. Uh, they have already been put on Twitter, of course. The giveaway for our random booster, our ran our uh, pack of mystery booster Convention edition was won by Twitter follower Lonville. Um, so again, I we've already talked about. It. I've got the address for them. I just need to make it out to the post office, hopefully this weekend, and ship that off to them so i uh, expect that in the mail and again congratulations we put it out on twitter hey, So congrats to them congrats um, i don't want to say this as a for sure thing but um if people enjoy this i think there are some fun ways um that we can maybe you know every every so many milestones we hit potentially have another giveaway something you know um i don't know i, I you know if if we keep yeah. if, as we continue to grow i think you know, I don't want to make it a for sure thing, but uh, keep an eye out in the future. Keep your ears open. You know, we're doing a giveaway here in the future. Um, I already told Chris a, a potential that we have. Maybe do a trivia next time, and I already have a great question lined up for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just sort of waiting for it to happen, right? Um, so again, keep an eye out. Again, congrats to Lawnville. Thank you all for listening. Any closing statements for the sign-offs, guys? Nope. Thank you guys for listening.
1: Uh, go play Pioneer at your local meta today. Don't fear the don't fear the inverter. Don't fear the reverb. yeah.
0: D- don't, don't fear the inverter. Uh, as always, uh, tell your friends about the show. Word of mouth helps us a lot. Leave us some reviews on your preferred podcasting platform. Follow us on Twitter at Crew Three Podcast. That's the one run by me, uh, Chris and Ricky. What are your Twitter handles for everyone?
2: At also Steve. I am at It's underscore Christmas with no T.
0: All right, well, gentlemen, thank you again for joining me, listeners. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you all next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.